Hello and welcome back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and I'm very glad that you're joining us again today. Today we're going to have another very interesting show. We have invited back a medicine man from Peru, a shaman, who is going to be speaking with us about the intelligence of plant medicine and the effects it has on the psyche and soma of we human beings. Well, it's a subject that needs more and more attention, and Jorge Hachimac is here again from Peru, from the Amazon, where he does a extraordinary amount of work in not just with the plant medicine but also in protecting land from honestly the encroachment of people who just simply don't know any better and they are taking our lungs of the planet and turning them into cacao fields and other crazy crazy things when they could do that pretty much anywhere and yet they pick this area and he is making a yeoman's work out of protecting it and the people of the Amazon in a particular community or two. So it's a real pleasure and a real honor to have Jorge with us again. He was here on A Better World Radio and TV going back, oh, six or seven years, and we're very glad that he's traveling in the United States again and doing his work. Today we are going to be looking specifically at plant medicine and to speak with him about its richness and its implications for human beings. So on that note, Jorge, hola, bienvenidos. Yeah, hello, Mitchell. Thank you for having me again. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. You are a man of many talents and many skills and much knowledge, and so it's real, really a pleasure to have you on and share your wisdom and knowledge with our, with our audience, who, by the way, is worldwide. We have people as far away as... New Zealand, Australia, and the Philippines, mm. South Africa, oh. United Kingdom, Europe, Mexico, Canada, etc. So um, your your knowledge and experience is going to be enjoyed worldwide. So tell me a little bit about when you say you are a medicine man and what is your relationship to the plants. Tell us a little bit about what that is. Um, yeah, sure. Um, I should start saying that... Um, for us, words like energy or power don't exist on a traditional vocabulary. Um, we are using them widely right now, but what people would say, it's more they will talk at, as medicine, as a kind of force. And for us, the medicine, the same way that there is light in the air and there is wind and there is heat, um, medicine is all around floating in nature, floating in creation, is one of the energies, and it's related to the force of life, which is that energy that, um, well, a force that is related to the mystery of life and wants to expand and to fill all the spaces and run free and unobstructed through everything. Unobstructed. Mm-hmm. I will say that it has a difference with uh, the concept of Chinese uh, chi. Oh, I'm uh, glad you're bringing that up because I was about to ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah, because chi is sometimes seen as a kind of a neutral, uh, vital energy, mm-hmm. but the force of life for us has also intelligence, carries information. Um, 
that's not different than the Qi understanding of the Chinese. It's neutral, but it is wholly intelligent because it's the life force itself. Yeah, if if I would try to make a parallel, and normally I try mm-hmm. to avoid those because sometimes we really don't know exactly the yes. nuances, but I will say that it contains the, the also the more wide Shen uh, approach of the Chinese, okay. that it's kind of this yes. psychic, yes. Uh, very spiritual energy. Um, so for our audience, what Jorge is referring to is Shen being connected to the heart, the heart spirit. Is really mm-hmm. it's uh, that re- it does reside literally in the heart. Yeah, yeah. So the force of life wants to thrive and uh, and wants to feel everything, and its uh, its parallel in the world is water. Let's say the parallel in this material mm-hmm. observation is water, and it behaves like water. It moists everything. Mm-hmm. It wants to. As soon as there is an opening, it was it can feel it. It takes the shape of whatever it's containing, mm-hmm. um, and that's why water, which is of course from the survival observation, the most essential element for life, and is what makes the seed, you know, react and grow. grow. Water is sacred by itself, and the force of life is sacred. Um, so how does the plant that grows from the seed, from the water, then interact with the human body and psyche, according to the traditional understanding? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to get to that point, um, I want just to, for, for, for uh, finishing with the force of life. Sure. The force of life is contained and molded through the intelligence of the different spirits that are behind the beings that are in the world. Um, but the force of life is the core of the medicine, and the medicine is not related to a substance. The medicine, it's out there, and you can get it, gather it, and some of the spirits who are very rich in medicine might like to express that force through the prism of a certain persona. Mm -hmm. If you do the training, if you try to keep your life. I mean, I know that impeccability is very, very far to attain and keep, but at least if you try to make most of the choices of your life according to the force of life and not opposed to it, mm-hmm. which is basically selfishness, destruction, and, and, uh, and opposing the thriving and the exchange of the good things of life. Greed. Exactly. Exactly. Jealousy. Exactly. So the core of the, of the traditional medicine is the understanding of the force of life. And uh, the force of life is, depends on how it passes through your heart, and the heart has two different great families of, if you want, sentiments or virtues. Mm-hmm. One is the family of love that contains all the expressions of gratitude, love in all of its forms, you know, filial, fraternal, couple, parental, um, 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 forgiveness, um, hosting, you know, uh, keeping. And then you have Mm -hmm. the other family that is very important to remark and is part of my personal crusade to try to express in modern terms, you know, this understanding. Uh, the other family is the family of justice or the family of courage because it's not enough to be compassionate and loving. It's important to 
have the possibility to act at the right time and to face and break through the things that are sometimes blocking and opposing. I wouldn't be able to perform a healing in somebody if I was not sometime engaging the persona of the action-breaking hunter, um, which is one of the two halves of the heart. So it's sort of the essence, you could say, of the spiritual warrior. On the one hand, there's the softness, and you could say the, the feminine nature of the heart, of the love and the compassion and kindness. And on the other, there is the warrior, which is the yang side, which is the masculine principle, where the two have to interact. You cannot be in an extreme state of one or the other. You have to be able to embrace both. Yeah, yeah, we can say it like that. And in terms of, you know, different travels and communities that I find, uh, there is a lot of very, I find very honest and sincere people into spirituality and healing, but are very much on the approach of what could be said, I mean, I'm I'm sorry for the expressions that are rough, but but could be say like pink lighters or or puppy loves type of of therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, and, uh, when something harsh comes and it's difficult, then uh, people think, oh, things are going on the wrong side, or I don't want, this is too bad, I will drop it. When sometimes, either on your personal visions with the with the master plans, or either when you are working with somebody, or either in your dreams, some things race in front of you for you to overcome, and then push them away. Um, it's not enough to pray; you also have to act. Uh, so those are the two great families of the heart, and the medicine comes through those. And you pay attention in the observation of your life as much as you can in your awareness, mm-hmm. uh, to make sure that um, when you say words, when you do acts, when you even have thoughts, um, that they have grounding in one of those two gardens of the heart. Beautiful. And they are not basically based on the rules of the suffering consciousness, which is what I want, the way I want, how I want it, when I want it, at any cost, because that's what I want, which is the destructive approach and is the approach that probably is feeling the consciousness of a lot of the powerful people in the world right now. Yes. Because well, we have for, forgotten the... the well, it's also a form of, of narcissism, very plain spoken. Uh, it's what I want, when I want it, where I want it, mm-hmm. is what matters. Mm-hmm. And really nothing else matters at that yeah. moment. It's, it's really akin to... Uh, being a little child, that's how a child thinks. They have no larger purview mm-hmm. of context yeah. of other people. It's the me self. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting that you say it like that because uh, our tampering, controlling modern culture has taken away the initiations into adulthood, yes. which has been very, very kept and praised by the ancient societies. So some people pass from the state of the small child into the big child. Yes. And they are never passing through the stoic initiations of adulthood that will kind of understand what is pain and what is effort and and what is to be able to force your will through the uncomfort. Yes. And understanding that the most valuable thing that we have is cooperation as a human community and is the only way to overcome certain things. Mm. And if we cooperate and really we have true. 
we have like an like an humble reading of whatever is out there in the world and the cycles of nature and creation, then we work in cooperation also with nature and with the world. And then we don't destroy. And then we enjoy with, with kind of this mystic uh, bliss of joy the flow of the force of life. So to say it in a different way is the we have forgotten the sacredy. Our approach with the sacred has been lost. And the only thing that we have left are the empty reflections of our own ego. And we think that those are kind of the new ideals to follow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's why we clash. Well put. Well we, cl put. we clash between ourselves and we clash sure. in front of the world. Well, we have, the, and you're highlighting this, Jorge, this notion that only what's kind of soft and mushy and what we call loving, distinct from perhaps what really is loving or compassion, anything that has any bit of pain or what we commonly refer to then as suffering is bad and we allow it to live inside of ourselves as a judgment instead of having the strength to push through and as you're saying essentially activate the will in chinese energetics since you did mention it before i'll mention they have a world view that includes a fifth element which is metal and metal on a psychological or emotional level is the boundary and it's hard mm -hmm. it it breaks through things it cuts through wood and that's an interesting thing because we don't develop that so much in our society these days mm -hmm. with the loss of the initiation uh that you talk about you know in the jewish teachings we have what's called the bar mitzvah and of course the indigenous uh, people have their own rites of passage and even there some of that has been lost I was listening to um, a runner from Nigeria speak about what he went through in his own life and now he's in his uh, I think uh, 40s or 50s and how changed it has become for his son to go through the same rites of passage which have been greatly modified and softened mm -hmm. but he was saying some of that's okay, but uh, there still remains the need for a rigor and a sense of discipline when passing through from childhood to the difference of adulthood. Mm -hmm. Anyway, just underscoring yeah. some of what you're saying. I'd love, just for the sake of time, which I totally appreciate your landscape, large view picture, mm -hmm. to look at how do our bodies as part of nature then deal with and address and absorb and learn from our our plants mm -hmm. beings mm -hmm. yeah i think i can say that uh, um the place of humans in front of creation is seen very different we are not at the top of the scale in the sense that first you have inanimated matter and then later you have organized microorganisms and then you have plants and then you have animals and then humans. Mm -hmm. In terms of consciousness, it's the opposite. We humans are at the bottom of the scale because we are still struggling between choosing between right and wrong, between selfish and compassion. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, the animals are more advanced because in, although they are very emotional beings too, in their choices, they 
put up uh, the instinct of the group and the preservation of the species over the self-ego um, desires. But then the spirits of the plants, and this is very difficult to understand um, for people who just hear the concepts without doing the experiences of meeting the spirits of the plants. Um, the spirits of the plants are the most generous, advanced, and wise spirits of nature, besides whatever is in other further realms when we have other more um, subtle spiritual beings um, that are extremely um, loving and wise. Uh, but the plants teach us and show us what we need. And you have two great types of things related to the plant world. You have plants that are happy and their payback is basically a, a mystical joy that they get to help us with our pains of the body, with the things that we need. So those are the ones who provide us physical medicine, um, that the ones that work for problems of the skin, antidotes, um, organs. Yeah, traditionally a lot of illnesses, conditions, and things like that. And you have another group of plants that are called, different ways, sacred plants or master plants, who are the plants who teach us about the sacredity. So they are really teachers of knowledge, but not of cognitive knowledge, of knowledge of the soul that doesn't use concepts and logic, uses metaphors and analogies, uses the language of the soul, the language of the dreams, which is poetry, basically. Poetry taken from the elements that surround us and have surrounded our ancestors, our ancestral memory, in terms of, of what is happening in the world around. That's why people see big cats, for example, and they think that uh, in their visions, they're a big cat, a tiger, or a panther, or a cougar is their companion. But actually it's not. It's just a metaphor that is telling them to be more brave inside of their mm -hmm. hearts. Mm -hmm. Because all, all the time the top predator animal on the food chain is a representative of the power of the heart that should be unstoppable. Um, to capture the essence and the properties of that animal that shows up in their consciousness yeah, during exactly. a, a plant process, we'll call it. Exactly. And sadly, we have forgotten the code. Still, up to probably 400 years ago, the place of symbolic language was very still strong in our civilization. Yes. Right now, it's almost lost, and we are replacing by immediate short-term uh, symbols and memes. Mm-hmm. Um, so to get back to the plant, um, it's very interesting if you study, for example, any form of ancient herboristy or pharmacopoeia, that you find that certain plants uh, in different parts of communities, either inside of a country or more wide, uh, in a more wider extent on, on a certain large area or continent, um, some plants are, co people coincide, the old ancient knowledge coincides about the use of that particular plant for something. But then you have other plants in which when you read an ancient book, uh, a compilation done by some priest in the medieval ages or by some 19th century naturist, uh, they will consider that that plant has a lot of different uses. And the same plant in some places is taken for the heart and the same plant is taken for probably v vaginal fluxes, flushes, and sometimes the same plant might be taken for 
calming a child from being mm-hmm. able to not being able to sleep with peace. So why is that? So my people might think because that plant contains probably a lot of different chemical components. But for us, it's because actually that plant is attracting in the way we swallow and digest certain emotions. And though that same emotion might have different effects in different people because of their genetic content or because of their family atavic lineage of behavior or because of their different culture and cultural frame. So it's not that that same plant can do all these things. Certainly it can, but the reason why is because that plant is washing away sometimes shyness on the person or is washing away a mourning. But what I'm also gathering from you, and please correct me if this is not on, that with understanding that plants have an intelligence that is beyond our Mm -hmm. understanding, Mm -hmm. our usual logical left hemisphere-based understanding. It's sort of an adaptogen that despite what we think is, ah, that chemical compound is good for the kidney and that one is good for the eyes. Rather, the plant, just like we can listen to each other, the plant can even listen to us. And when it gets digested, like you were saying, and it mixes with this saliva, distinct from your saliva, and goes through my system, distinct from your system, it's listening and morphing to give me what I need, distinct from what you and you need. Yes, certain very generous plant spirits do that. Okay. Yes. And, and it doesn't contradict, contradict the fact that the chemical analysis is correct because certainly certain plants have molecules that will produce oh, sure. changes in the metabolism. It's just a lens through which to look at. Yeah. And one is a little bit more fluid and dynamic. The other is a little more static, yes. we could say. Yes, because we see plants as persons that are valuable. Yes. And it's the same that we, you will label a person that is able, is, for example, strong, and you will say, okay, this person is, go, is good to lift weight and load a truck, and just that. But that same person has a lot of interesting stories, has points of view, can do a lot of other things, yes. can do a good massage, might be a great singer at the same time. Right. So we see plants. Multiple properties, as, multiple as, talents. As very rich. Yeah. No, that's great. Could you zero in on the psychic portion of the plant life that you work with when you're in the Amazon mm-hmm. and you work with groups? And so everyone in the United States, most people these days, are familiar with ceremony to varying extents, whether they did it here in the United States or in other countries or in the Amazon itself. Could you talk a little bit, Jorge, about what that process is like and what types of um, understandings come Mm -hmm. through the imbibing of certain plants? Mm -hmm. Sure. I I can say some things about the protocols, the way I know them. And it's not that I know the right way, but at least I I speak about what I know. And what you do is fine. What what works, you know, for me and what I'm able to propose and see working on people. Sure. (laughs) First, we never call uh, the medicine 
by the name of the ingredient. We don't say, I'm going to take ayahuasca. That is considered like a extremely vulgar. A sacrilege. You, will, you call it medicine, or sometimes you call it the purge, because it purges your body and it purges your soul mm-hmm. from pain and suffering. And uh, you will say this is the medicine of Mr. Something or the medicine of Miss Something, mm-hmm. because actually it's a recipe that contains many ingredients, not only one, two, or three. A good traditional recipe has at least between, I will say, probably seven to to 16 ingredients. And myself, I use my medicine. Usually what I offer to people has at least 12 different plants. Those mixtures and the way the process of cooking with the different moments when you add and some ritualistic activations that you do when you add, add certain ingredients in the process of getting the medicine ready, with the discipline of the shaman of being fasting and having abstentions during a certain time around the preparation of of the plant. Um, People will call the medicine of this person because you are trusting three things. You are trusting the intuition you have that has drawn you to work and knock at the door of a certain medicine person. Mm -hmm. You are trusting the reputation that the person has when people tell you, yes, this person is good, this person is right. This person have have gotten results, and you trust a little bit your internal personal compass, you know, and 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 you have to offer. The spirits just want you to offer sincerity, basically. They want you to to come with sincerity and be ready to be sincere in the things, because they are going to offer you a mirror first. The first entry is to a personal mirror for sure. Um, so we call it like that, the medicine of the purge. And those recipes are extremely precious and intimate and extremely, I will not say that you are proud, but the whole love of your lineage and, and the contact with the spirit, it's contained in the way you craft your medicine. Mm-hmm. So when people say... Um, it's pride okay? Yeah, well, the pride that comes from from the satisfaction of being according to the force of life. Doing a good job, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, So when people come and say, for example, um, what is in this medicine? I want to know the components. It's my body. I have the right to know if I'm going to take it. That point of view, it's okay. I respect it. Mm -hmm. But you are going to clash in front of a real traditional approach. If you are facing... uh, shaman, so-called shaman, plant cook, that is there for commercial purposes only. And in order to flatter and and have people happy that are paying for the services, will disclose and will say yes to any demand. Um, I don't think that's the right protocol and the healing spiritual family will be happy. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So you basically trust a person. Yes, because that person, if the pro- the work is properly done, it's not only that you are going to have a personal deal with the plants and use the psychoactive to open up your unconsciousness and navigate through it. It's also because in a ceremony, the shaman that has to has to take the same medicine has to take it before, has to be already be in a certain psych- 
psychic modificated state when it's administrating and offering modified, yes. modified the plans to others, yes. you are trusting that, that the telepathic and soulful connection with that person will also go on a proper healing way. Um, so it's, it's, it's um, a vehicle of trust for sure. It's a very interesting point and I think a very valid one. And it doesn't invalidate the other, but it does make a very important distinction between what is the space a person is coming from, mm -hmm. how wedded are they to their own culture con and conditioning, and how open are they to the new space and the new tradition that they are stepping into under the guidance of someone like yourself. Yeah, so I really appreciate that. I'd love for you to enter a little bit of the, uh, uh, the question, it really is, of what is your understanding of what is getting opened up through the imbibing of the medicine? What mm -hmm. is that? What is being touched upon? For instance, let me just say, one of the things, and, you know, I, I love Western science and medicine as well as I love traditional. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a beautiful space where the two interface and the joy and the wisdom of each can come out. So I'm saying that only in light of something that was discovered in Israel, as a matter of fact, uh, some years back which is known as the endocannabinoid system, which is our own internal nervous system, if you will, or circulatory system, that specifically receives and has neuroreceptor sites specific, specifically for cannabis. Mm -hmm. So it's my understanding that we have same for some of the other plant medicines, which is how we are able to be one with mm -hmm. the plant. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to get into the biology of it so much, but just from your understanding, Jorge, what is being unlocked and unleashed when we merge, if mm -hmm. you will, mm -hmm. with the various plants that you've brewed up? Mm -hmm. For sure. I can speak also from my point of view and my language, which is poetic spiritual. Beautiful. Because, because that's the space that I serve in oh, my yeah. life and in my work. Sure. So I, I try to avoid the extreme mechanicist approach because I really don't manage those, that information. It's okay. But I can say like this. Um, the soul consciousness that we have is awakened all the time and is connected to the soul of the world and the whole beings of creation and knows already about the force of life and what is needed to flow and has an intrinsic knowledge of sacredness. So the root the sacred, yes. of the sacred, the root of all illnesses is the ignorance of the sacred. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's what we call them sacred plans or master plans because they teach us about what is sacred, what sure. is sacred about ourselves, what is sacred outside of ourselves. So the suffering consciousness, which is, can be approached to the negative ego from a Greek point of view, not from an Indian point of view, the way the word ego was used to translate some Indian concepts uh, and, and, and at the end of the 19th, uh, 19th century. Uh, more from, from uh, the, the, the persona, individual personas and expression of, of our internal spirit from more like a Socratic, Platonic point of view. The negative ego who has taken the rule over the internal consciousness and thinks that knows best 
mm-hmm. is the one who rules all the time and is based based on fear and gratification and is ignorant of the laws of creation and of the laws of the force of life. So mm-hmm. basically, pursuing gratification and trying to avoid in pain actually produces more pain and more suffering. Uh, I mean, I'm saying this short because this is a subject of a whole and, yeah, long sure, dissertation. Absolutely. It's a whole cosmology. Okay, so the suffering consciousness is basically ruling our ordinary state of mind all the time even more on a culture that is based on fear and is be, it has made the wrong parallel of happiness with gratification of the ego, which is one of the worst beautiful, beautiful we have done. Yeah. So yeah. The, the soul consciousness is awakened all the time, but the suffering consciousness, when you go to sleep at night, sleeps and relaxes a lot. So those... Finalmente, eh? <laughs> yeah. So the dreams are this space, this dialogue, when the soul consciousness takes the advantage that the overtaken of the suffering consciousness has relaxed and passes important messages about what is going on and tries to teach or or, Mm -hmm. or to pull the ears or to advise, model, yes, the the suffering consciousness, Mm -hmm. but uses his own language, which is not binary logic, is the language of the visions and of the metaphors and the the analogies. So what happens with the sacred plants, one first thing that happens is that you are going to have, when it is properly done, a very safe and controlled bubble of time, three, four, five, six hours, in which your suffering consciousness is going to be put aside and you will be able to stay connected and listen the voices of your own soul consciousness, which is something that can be attained through other meditative states, through other practices. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, all over the world, um, 99%, if I can dare to say like that, of the spiritual practices in the world, from ancient religion, from particular uh, inspired masters, from these different methods of a spiritual exercise. 99% is basically just about silencing the noises and the pulsions of the suffering consciousness so we can access the wisdom of the soul that contains already everything and is in permanent dialogue with what is outside, with the sacred. Um, so you will get a very controlled amount of time in which the voice of your soul consciousness that is going to be, if I can say, say like this, is, is going to receive vitamins mm-hmm. from the spirits of the plant. Mm-hmm. is going to come out powerful and it's going to do three things. It's going to make you expose some of the pain and the suffering that you are carrying from past experiences that your suffering consciousness doesn't want to let go. Because or it doesn't want to see but also let go because it defines its existence by the sure. presence of suffering. That's right. Uh, and of those past memories. Yeah, so those are the purges that might come in different ways. Yes, the pur- indeed. The purges, purges are always around water because water is a soap for memory and ca- therefore can carry uh, information. So water is going to be poor in your stomach and things will come to your mouth because you need to remember they come in front of your eyes. Water is going to be poured in your intestines and is going to come to your rear end 
because those are things that have been done on your back or are atavic inheritances and curses. So they will come on, on your, through your anus because you have not seen them. Some things will come through phlegm and secretions to your nose and to tears and sweat and spit. So it's always water. And that's why... Water the, is the carrier. Yes. And the work with the plants is a water work because when mm-hmm. you clean through fire, something needs to die. Fire is the transformation to the destruction yes. of a previous structure. And that's why traditionally, and I'm sorry to, if I'm saying this to a part of the audience who, who have different protocols, there should never be fire lit when you do the work with the sacred plants. Mm. So there is no central fire, mm-hmm. but there's also no New Age candles. <laughs> New it. Age candles. Yeah. yeah. No, I understand. I'm saying this, this is very... Because pardon the expression, very elemental. I mean, that you have to utilize the elements that are appropriate to yeah. the context. Yeah, and a, so, you know, there's a, there's a water ritual and there's a fire ritual, and yeah, they're, yeah. you're making very clear the demarcation between them. Yeah, well, that's properly done. They, fantastic. They, they do amazing yeah. things. But yeah. I'm saying I'm sorry because, again, I'm speaking about what I know, what I have received from my teachers, See, everybody what belongs to my sometimes lineage, likes to mix everything up. And there might be other approaches. That's right. But at least if I'm talking today, I'm talking about what I know You want myself. to stay congruent with your own understanding, yeah, which correct. is beautiful. Yeah. Correct. So one thing that happens is that the soul consciousness will have the strength to expose things that are kind of loading the trash can of your soul. And then so you are going to expose and clear and clean things. Okay, this is one part. Second part is going to help you understand more about yourself. So you are going to have teachings about why you are on a certain way, why you like or dislike certain things, what do you want to keep. It's, it's kind of editing the software that is conducting your suffering consciousness and your choices every day. So it's going to be a bit of that. And the third thing that happens is that you are going to learn about the world and your talents. So the great question about why I'm here, what should I do with my energy, my time? What is my purpose? Exactly. Some of that will get answered, sometimes by small steps, because the, the work with the plants establish a permanent dialogue with the spiritual world that should last the rest of your life. So it's not only a cleaning, it's not only a medicine to overcome depression or insomnia or addiction, and it's certainly not a weekend trip. It is a path of recovering our connection with the sacredy, and therefore with our own soul. The sacred, right? And it's going to be a permanent dialogue in the future, in the sense that if you take the plants, the sacred plants, let's say around, which is two or three times in the space of a few days, mm-hmm. you will have a list of things that you have understood and a list of a list of decisions that you need to do to do some changes. It might be just get into a phone and say, forgive me for what I did to you 10 years ago. And you will understand during the night how that little thought actually has a huge pain in all the present time of your life. So it might be a small task like that. It might be another small task that requires huge courage because goes against the regular um, tendencies of your suffering consciousness, which is sometimes denial or is sometimes shyness, or is sometimes bullying, 
And then you are going to have other humongous tasks to do, up to the people to find out, you know. You might realize that, for example, you have a, a, it's essential for you to um, do certain work. I mean, if I, not to talk about other people, about myself. There is a place in the desert of Peru where I go and I do the plants. I have taken people very few times. It's a very ancient settlement from the prehistoric times, even before the pottery. And uh, I have dialogues with the spirits. They have helped me and coach in many things, and I, I owe them enormously things. One day I went there, and they showed me that some touristic entrepreneur uh, had built some things to try to ask people for um, appropriate, basically, the space and try to, to sell tickets in the area. And they asked me to go and destroy that because they, they couldn't do it. So they needed somebody in this sure. level of materi material sure. reality to destroy 3D it. form. Yeah. So I had to go and destroy it and burn it to the ground, which I did because they are my friends. And the dialogue with the spirits is taken the same way you take a dialogue with anybody else. If you, if you have commitments with somebody, you will care for their problems. I care for my sacred mountains, for my lakes, for my pieces of jungle. I have cried so many tears when I have seen incredible, beautiful things disappear forever because of the greed of a company um, that has, for example, drowned a sacred lake. From the whole village was taken fish, and that happened in the north coast of Peru many years ago when mm. I was living there, mm -hmm. um, etc. So yes. um, those three things, cleaning, learning about yourself, learning about the world and what to do with your life are things that the soul consciousness puts in, in the front tray of your observation when it's allowed, you know. And at the same time, the spirits will try to nourish you, will feed your soul consciousness so it becomes more strong to be more present at the moment that you need to do cha uh, choices in your life. Um, if you do, after having an experience with the sacred plants, with the shaman, if you fulfill those commitments and those decisions that you have understood are essential for your future, and nothing can be more perfectly personalized coach than a dialogue that the spirits are, mm -hmm. you know, making an X-ray of your soul. Nothing can be more personalized and on the spot. Customized. That. Exactly. If you fulfill those goals... The next time that you approach a ceremony, the plants will give you amazing rewards and new other challenges will appear according to your capacities. One of the golden rules is nothing that is going to be presented in front of you is going to be out of your possibilities or capacities. You might be pushed to some of your limits the same way an athlete is pushed sometimes to its limits. And people that are more on the warrior path than others, which you don't have to be, but it happens that some people are, will probably be offered stronger tests. But all those are basically intended for you to be able to handle more force of life, more medicine. Because everybody carries medicine, everybody is a potential healer, everybody is healing. And with your choices, your words, your presence, your actions, you are basically making the world more beautiful or more ugly. So in that sense, we are all healers. 
and the medicine wants to flow to ourselves, certainly. And again, the payback of the spirit is the joy that they get for helping and seeing the manifestation of the force of life in humans, that we are the children of creation, basically. So beautifully put, so beautifully put, and so rich. I like to look historically at cultures that inhabited the planet going back to what we have as the Australian Aboriginal, uh, the ancient cultures of Africa, all over Asia, really, uh, Afghanistan, Iran, what we have today, Persia, um, South America, of course, Latin America altogether, the Andean cultures, the Amazonian cultures. And what I see is that consciousness was essentially affected through the marriage of plants and human. Mm -hmm. And it was later that the ideas of meditation and other rather sophisticated methods showed up mm -hmm. about how to access certain states to stay in alignment, alignment with the soul. Mm -hmm. Let's call it the highest intelligence of a being. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying it this way, Jorge, on purpose, because we have moved so far away except for certain pockets now, from the plant life, where we were so, I believe, traditionally identified mm -hmm. with plants and animals, with all of nature. Mm -hmm. We didn't see ourselves outside of it, which is sort of a function of the Cartesian perspective of man stands outside of nature and looks at it like it's some kind of objective thing mm -hmm. and no it was always a complete through line we as part an integral part mm -hmm. so it's sort of like we eat and we are eaten and it's the way it is we're all part of the same fabric mm -hmm. I sort of like framing it that way so uh, it's understood that our access to the soul was traditionally actually with plants. And it's only later that the ideas of meditation, as you cited, or even such amazing things as Qigong and Tai Chi Chuan and other movement uh, uh, practices really came out of our relationship with plants mm -hmm. and animals both. Mm -hmm. Just a different yep. worldview, you yep. know. Yeah, I agree. The presence of the plants have been in the beginning of the human knowledge. Even yeah, we have a myth. An experience. Yeah, we have a myth that um, we humans were failing our presence. We were going to be, um, uh, how you say, annihilated and annihilated. We are going to be destroyed. Annihilated. Yes, yes. We are. We were not able to survive because we were extremely. It's a good thing I know how to read minds. <laughs> <laughs> we were very ignorant about things. Yes. And actually, the plants came to help us. And for us, the, the mm, origin of agriculture beautiful. is a revelation. The use of natural medicine is a revelation. Yes. It's not that the humans were chewing all the leaves that were around and some guys were having pain on, on, on the... 
stomach. On the stomach, and other people were dying, and other people were feeling. That's not how it happened for us. Mm -hmm. And the intricate, there's something else to say, again, talking about the medicine. The spirits of the plants like to work in association. They like to play concerts as little camaradas. <laughs> they are not soloists. They uh, like to work together. Orchestras. Yes. Yeah. They, they like to form teams yeah. and work for people. And the way you see them work on people, when they throw all their colorful spores and all these jets of liquid, you know, of yeah. kind of iridescent liquid that are going into the organs of people. I mean, I see that because it's my profession, but so many people that work yeah. with the plants are able to see. The Vegetal Hospital uh -huh. is one of the stations during the night of the ceremony. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. They like to work together. That's great. It's a cooperation, beautiful work. It makes perfect sense because humans are that way. And, mm -hmm. you know, we have this wonderful phrase these days called biomimicry or biomimetics, which I love. It's as though we're imitating nature, yet we are nature, so we can't really imitate it because we'd be imitating ourselves. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, it conveys a really interesting idea that if we were to base uh, our lives on the ways of nature, we're going to be more aligned, therefore, with nature, which means also with our own nature. Mm -hmm. And so uh, an old friend of mine, Horst Reckelbacher, who started uh, that wonderful company that was based on using um, plants from the Amazon, um, Aveda, and he became a very big company. But he wrote a book, and I interviewed him about this many, many moons ago, that uh, if we were to use nature as the model for the formation of a corporation and the way decisions are made and mm -hmm. the way people are treated, we would be a whole lot better off. Sure. And that's really the way to do things. So anyway, I'm just kind of sharing mm -hmm. some thoughts with you that right. build on what you're saying. Right. Also from the rational approach, I mean, we are talking about philosophy right now, but I mean, what can be more important than philosophy? You know, the love of, 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 of wisdom. Um, some of the rational, rationalist uh, objections are, for example, if nature is so sacred and so perfect, in between quotes, yeah. why do parasites exist? Why, why there's so much cruelty? What there are so many things that everybody's eating each other? What some species disappear, etc. But the way of understanding life is that. You don't question those things from a traditional point of view. You observe the cycles of creation and destruction that are around. Everybody has a relative that has at some moment lost its life by being facing some of the elements of nature, by poison, being beaten by a viper, drowned, taken by another animal, um, etc., so the cycles of creation and destruction, they exist and they are a fact. You cannot tell, I don't like the script of creation, I want to write my own, because then you are having not even a dream. You are just living a caricature and another expression, projection of your own ego, you know. Mm -hmm. So you respect the cycles of creation and destruction. There are the rules of the game. Is the same as the revolt against death. 
that is just part of the game since the beginning. There's nothing you can do about it, as lo and that can happen tomorrow. It's not that uh, I, I think I have still 30 years of life. <laughs> I can think like that, but I can also think that I only have a couple of days or a few hours. Boy. So you model your life in the presence of the good and the bad, and you mix that with whatever desires and, and sense of duties you have yourself. And you are at peace of that. Exactly. With that, right. Me, yeah. Exactly. For me, uh, the excess of, of, of trust on the human reason without having done the initiations in front of the sacred is on the source of a lot of cultural misunderstandings. And suffering at the end of the day. Right. Absolutely. Right. Well, Jorge, we are, uh, believe it or not, at the... Uh, the death of our interview, um, as a way of putting it, uh, because thanks to you, you, you brought up that sacred moment in our lives, and I really, really appreciate it. And it's another thing that we have held out uh, at an arm's length because we don't want to talk about it, death. Mm -hmm. And that's certainly one of my experiences, having been engaged with, the various medicines that we're talking about here over the course of many years in my life and have come to have immense deep respect for plant medicine and I feel blessed to have known many of them intimately and it has changed my world view and it has enriched my heart and soul so I so appreciate and honor the work that you've been doing for a long time, and in your helping to initiate many Americans and others from different parts of the world into that space, which is uh, it's a little bit of a lost art, unfortunately. Yes, and so people like yourself are helping to keep it buoyed up and alive and moving forward. So it's with deep gratitude. Well, thank you. Gracias por todo, huh? Thank you. Thank you very and, much. And I really appreciate it, absolutely. Do you have a website or do you have any place where people can, phone number, where people, if they would like to reach out to you, um, can do so? Uh, I don't. Um, I mean, part of the coherence that I try to live my professional life, well, my personal life, I don't have a website. I, I don't offer products. I work from word to mouth and the people that, whatever si. the flow of life can connect us. Uh, I do have a small page of a GoFundMe fundraiser because we are trying to acquire more uh, land in the Amazon to stop the advancement of a of a agro-industrial corporation that is illegally cutting the land and several villages are losing the back forest. Mm. Uh, um, so uh, not only myself, but I mean me and other kind of good intended people we are trying to acquire more land, and there are all the time little parcels that get offered. So maybe that link can be somewhere. Okay. Where I will might, put it yeah. with this description so when people go to listen to this show, then that link will be there, oh, and they you. can always click on it, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. So, otra vez, gracias por todo, huh? amigo. My <laughs> pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. A real pleasure. So, my friends, you heard it, and you will get great benefit from listening more closely to those words of uh, my dear friend, 
Jorge. So I really encourage you to tune in and share this with your friends and your family so we can have a greater level of awareness and consciousness as a group because as nature and plants love to orchestrate, well, so do we. We're part of part of the family. So remember that we are a nonprofit 501c3. Your tax deductible donations help us stay on the air. So thank you, thank you. Please be in touch with me directly if you are interested in making a contribution or to share with me your thoughts and experiences of our various shows at mjr at abetterworld.net. That's mjr at abetterworld.net. We do have products and we do have services, coaching services, consulting, biofeedback, stress management, and a series of really high-level organic nutrients. So please visit our website and get on our, our free newsletter, uh, which you can sign up for right there on the spot at www.abetterworld.tv. That's www.abetterworld.tv. This is Mitchell J. Rabin for A Better World. Thanks for joining, and I look forward to seeing you all next week.